Hi, this is MG. Uh, Elizabeth Hayes, Elizabeth Pudwell. I don't know. I have a hard time with my name thing because my Facebook name says Elizabeth Hayes and Pudwell. Elizabeth Pudwell. Hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> so, um, this is Sober Sisters Talk. It's a podcast. Um, the the purpose of this podcast, yeah, MG and I, I do that to you every time. <laughs> we're um, we were just sitting there. What we want to do is we want to we want to bring to um, people, whoever they're listening, the audience, our experience taking our recovery into the world. Because it's so easy to be sober in a meeting. It doesn't matter what kind of meeting you're in, sitting across from your sponsor, so easy to be sober, so easy to be sober when you're fellowshipping. But to take it out in the world, and 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 uh, MG and I both have experience with this, and we talk frequently. We're friends and uh, interact, so we wanna we wanna share it with you, the audience, our experience. So we, it's a, a Friday afternoon in Houston. It's beautiful, and um, spring, and we were just both talking. She said, MG was sharing with me that she didn't feel very good. And we started talking about food. And um, neither one of us have really uh, practiced a food program, although we both have dabbled. Correct. <laughs> I have dabbled in um, a 12-step program for food, but I have tried so many different things, and um, it always does seem to creep back my, those, that same 20 pounds comes back over and over again so um we were sitting here getting ready to record the the this podcast and i said let's let's record this because this is important this is right right well and you know what i've seen myself like in you know women and also men in recovery and in uh, aa specifically that you know the final frontier is the food stuff it's like i cannot not eat i'm not going to be anorexic around food so you know like the things that i think they're called like process addictions where there's um you know a behavior involved a ritual. With it. right like you know i i don't um I, I can give up stuff like i've given up bad boys i've given up alcohol uh, i've given up like spending and debting so those things I've given up, but the things that that I you know I have to have in my life, relationships, food, and I feel like the final frontier for me is food. And I was uh, sharing with Elizabeth that I went to a dinner party last night, and it was a friend who was bringing together a group of women around her to you know she's like I need to create my power women tribe and come to dinner, and I was like. You know, I'm I'm trying to really be good with dinner and I don't want to come. And she's like, no, just tell me what you want to eat and I'll make it. And I said, avocados and bacon because I'm doing the keto diet. She's like, great. But I get there and there's all this other delicious stuff on the table. And so I eat that stuff and, you know, I, I come home and I'm sick and I'm sick all night. And I feel like I'm hungover today. And so, you know, Elizabeth has shared with me that, you know, she, you know, keeps, you know, losing that 10, 20 pounds and then gaining it right back. And I think also, Elizabeth, that our metabolism has changed. You know, we're not young guns anymore. Oh, I, definitely. My body has changed. But I want to, um, because if you're in our audience and you don't, you haven't seen this, neither one of us is fat. It's just that there's this 20 pounds. Yeah. That you know, needs to leave. 
Right, because for me it's a health issue. You know, I you know have a back issue, so that twenty pounds, like it's a fulcrum, it creates like you know fifty pounds of pressure right. on my back, and uh, and you know, and I don't I don't feel like sexy. I don't feel um, you know optimal. Optimal, and it's not about vanity. It's just a little bit. Someone said it's not about vanity. It's about sanity. And I really like that saying, but I see this with a lot of people that are, you know, over 50 that, you know, the metabolism has changed and, and you work out, Elizabeth, you work out almost every day or every other day, right? At least five days a week, at least that's, you so know. it's not about the workout. It's about what you put it's in It's what mind. I eat. Yeah. And you were talking about being bored last night. Tell me again so, about that. Yeah. So um, I am following a, a, a life coach, Brooke Castillo, who I really love. I love her videos and um, I found her um, doing research for videos. And she wrote a book, If I'm So Smart, Why Can't I Lose the Weight? And so I downloaded it and started reading it. And um, her... Um, her whole approach is first you got to give up sugar and you got to give up flour so I've given up sugar I haven't had any sugar for um, I think it'll be four years this August do you eat fruit yes I do eat fruit and I eat juice but no white refined sugar okay Um, occasionally I will use um, honey or maple syrup Mm. if I'm um, sweetening something Mm -hmm. but it doesn't trigger off the addiction Mm. it doesn't Mm. Mm And one of the reasons I gave up sugar was because I am very clever. And I was going home at night and uh, browning uh, like a couple tablespoons of butter, adding powdered sugar to that after it had browned, and then a little bit of almond milk and stirring it up. And this becomes like a beautiful pecan, I mean praline type candy, frosting so good (laughs) and it didn't matter like if I made you know a cup of it or if I made two cups of it I ate it I ate it all and then I would have the hangover that you just talked about the next day because it causes my body to flood with insulin to fight it and I don't like that feeling it doesn't feel good Mm -mm. So that was one of the reasons. And it, it just said, I know, like, I didn't have any control over it. Mm. I don't have any control. Once I start eating white sugar like that, refined sugar, I lose it. And I don't have the ability to stop. Mm. So I quit eating the sugar. And I've known for a long time that flour is my next, my next, what did you call it? The next, uh. <laughs> the final chapter. It's like frontier. Yeah, yeah last frontier. The frontier. Right. No flour. What does my my life look like without no flour? Well, you can do corn tortillas. You know. No, I can have corn tortillas and I can have chips like that. Things like yeah, that. But chips. no, no toast, no bread, no. And again, I'm very clever. Like I can make, I make the most beautiful biscuits ever. Oh. And they're vegan. Yeah. And they're so good. Oh my gosh. But no more. So anyway. I've known that I need to do that. So I've started eliminating this from my diet. I don't, I have maybe gone for a week without um, flour. I'm not really having withdrawals because I am allowing myself the corn, tortillas or chips, things like that so that I don't feel deprived. Um, but the whole, the other part of her um, program is to recognize when you're hungry and to eat when you're hungry, not 
And I was, and she has these worksheets where you, you know, what is the feeling you're having? And I was, because uh, I only overeat at night. That's my thing. I'm done for the day. I've had dinner. I'm at home. I'm alone and the TV's on or I'm working and I want to eat. I want to continue to eat. And I don't eat bad stuff, but I'm eating like one bowl of cereal. I want another one, another bowl of cereal or um, I would fix a piece of toast or almonds or you, you name stuff like that. But I would continue eating and I wasn't hungry. Mm. And I thought I was bored. And then I said, well, bored's not really a feeling. So what's behind that? And I think it's loneliness or mm. being alone. Mm. I don't feel lonely. I don't feel like an ache for, oh, I don't, it doesn't <laughs> feel like that at yeah. all. In fact, yeah. I feel very comfortable alone. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm eating at it. And maybe mm. that's why I feel so comfortable at it. You know, maybe mm. that's my coping mechanism is mm. me eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to eat when I'm not hungry. Well, I like that your process was, you know, keep digging, keep digging, keep digging. Like, you know, what's going on? And then you keep digging and trying to really kind of isolate and be very specific. You know, I was talking to a friend recently that's, and I, let me just say that I listened to our first podcast recently and I thought, you know, I am very judgy and I am also taking people's inventories left and right. So I just want to apologize that I'm a work in progress. It's progress, not perfection. But, you know, I was talking to a friend that was really going through withdrawal from another person and she was saying that she was crying a lot. And I'm like, why are you crying? And she's like, I don't know. And, and so you know, she and I were working at it and it may be withdrawal, but it may be just a release of this energy that for so long she's depended on this other person and that person is gone and she's not sad this person is gone. She's glad this person is gone, but she's just kind of overwhelmed with this grief and are overwhelmed with this, these crying jags. So, you know, for me, it's like, I want to get to the bottom of it. And, you know, last night when I woke up, I was like, I shouldn't have had those corn chips. That's what it was. I shouldn't have had that lemon cake. And, you know, for me, it was like a celebration. And I feel like when I go into a celebratory place, that's such a, that's such a trigger for me because it's like, I want to participate. I want to join. I want to taste that little tasty, right? Be I have that little tasty treat, and that if I don't have it, then I'm gonna feel uh, sad, deprived. I'm gonna feel deprived, and so I, I keep digging about you know what that is, and I don't want to be anorexic in terms of like my social situation because that would be an easy choice for me to say I'm not gonna go see anybody because. <laughs> Because whatever you're eating, I'm not going to eat. I can't eat that. Or, and I don't want to be weird and say, I've got to bring my food, you know. I'm, I'm Bring your little bucket wherever you go. Yeah, go out to dinner and like tell the waiter, can yeah, I just yeah, have a plate? plate. I've got, got a bucket. How silly is I brought is my that? Tupperware. Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't mean it. Listen. Scraping it out. There, if you need to do that, I'm not going to judge you, you know. But for me, don't, The weird. reason we're laughing is because we've both done this. Right. That's see, why it feels and, right. awkward. And seeing other people who are really strong about like their, you know, food program, that they did this, that they, you know, were willing to push through that, that, you know, strangeness or 
shame or whatever it is to really take care of themselves around that. So, you know, it's a final frontier. So, you know, how do I, how do I go out into the world? How do I take, you know, this piece of it and, uh, and, and go be in the world and still do it? So I've got to figure out a way because I don't want to uh, not go out to dinner with my friends and I don't want to eat the tasty corn chips, you know, so that's where so I'm at. What I do, do you think? I, well, I have a couple of thoughts while you were talking. The one part was, first of all, the self-awareness. Self-awareness is so important to me and to do that digging like you said, you know, what is this? Yeah. And, um, you know, last um, time we, we recorded, we talked about the powerlessness yeah. and where that Which power I, comes Which I messed from. up. You'll notice on, on our last podcast, but I apologize. Re- we're we're going to do a part two. We're going to do a part two. So, but it's looking for something outside of yourself to heal yourself or to change you, mm. whatever mm. it is, mm. it, or to ignore what's going on. That is for me all the time well now that you're talking about it I remember you know when I was there at my friend's house we were gonna like watch a movie and she realized she didn't have a DVD player she bought a brand new big TV but she didn't have a DVD player to go with her TV and so I was like oh well I'll just you know it's like a Roku TV I'll just sign into my thing and we can find it and so I started like working with her TV and then I thought stop it put this down she hasn't asked you to help her with this problem and I'm here interacting with her while she's getting dinner ready for her and her friends. So it was like I stopped myself from being anorexic in that friendship and then that moment by putting down like, you know, her remote control for her TV to interact with her. And so now that I'm thinking about that, you know, that's what I do with food. It's like I can block all those people out and I can eat that corn chip. You know, because that's an immediate pleasurable thing that I can participate in. And it's a, you know, solitary thing. Me and my food. Me and my own pleasure. So, and are you avoiding the interaction? I mean, you might perhaps, not be aware of it, you know. Perhaps. But, right. You know, because it's like... Um, an intimacy issue? Or, an intimacy issue and not wanting to be present for, mm-hmm. you know... Whatever. My friend or, you know, meeting new people mm-hmm. or, you know... Um, and the deprivation thing, I don't really, I don't really see as as um, something that's a real trigger for me because um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it is. I'll have to look at that more. But this is helping me just talking it the, through with the you. The deprivation part is a huge part for me because uh-huh. I get really scared when um, I am approaching like a diet and that was my my reaction with um working at oa program was i got to this point and i got really scared and um the sponsor that i had tried to push and push and push and what was she pushing um she wanted me to do something i didn't want to do she wanted me to um do the third step in a chapel and pray together and i didn't want to do it Hmm. And I told her I didn't want to do it. And she said, well, you know, if you want to get on to step four, you got to do it. And maybe I was afraid of step four. I don't know. But I just didn't. Mm. There was a huge aversion to this. And I was just like, no. And so I stopped. There was other issues with this particular Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. with her and me. 
you know, and it, it, it you know, to if I was going to be perfectly honest, I've not done a lot of work on it, but it was me, you know. It's sure. me having fear about giving up certain foods. Right. It's me having fear about and bread. You know, that was the big fear. Bread's an amazing thing. Bread or sugar. <laughs> the bread of life. Well, but the yeah. thing is, is that I've noticed, so I know some of the science of food, and when you eat carbs, it turns to sugar. So I have eliminated the white sugar, but I'm eating flour, and I'm using it mm-hmm. to compensate. Mm-hmm. 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 And so... What I do know, though, is like giving up the sugar. There was a huge withdrawal period. It took me at least four months to get to where I was totally neutral. Wow. But now I don't even want it. Like I That's don't... where I just want to be, you know? I just want to, you know, have it be like a non-issue. So that's where I think this, the starting point is for both of us, is mm. to figure out, like, what do you want it to look like? Yeah. What do you want you, without your food addiction, to right, look like? Right, Well, I know that when, you know, I know that keto works for me. And the reason I know that is that when I've been really strict with it, and you have to kind of sustain it. You really have to, like, eat this way for, like, two weeks before your body flips from burning sugars to burning ketones. So... It, it takes about two weeks for that switch to happen. And when I am in ketosis, when I am burning ketones, my mind is sharp, my mood is great, my energy is high, and, you know, and high in a good way where I can, you know, be excited about getting up and going to work. I'm excited about getting off and, you know, going working out. I'm excited about. And that's sluggish. Right. It's like all of the crap is gone. Right. And it's sort of like that, that you know, situation that happens with people who are like bipolar, who are, who are on medication. The, yeah. I get to feeling better and I think, okay, I'm well now. I can go back. I can have that. I can lemon. stop taking my medication. Yeah. But you can't. And that's the thing is it's like it's sustaining it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I do think that finding like for me... When I was listening to Brooke talk about um, her own experience with creating this program of food eating and, and following it, was that was what I wanted. And she said, I don't really care anymore. I don't want, you know, I eat to fuel and that's it. And then when I'm done, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I'm still able to go to parties and, you know, hang around people that are drinking or eating and I'm fine. And I am able to do that. I'm able to hang around people that are eating cake. And I just served a big old sheet cake at work because someone was leaving. I cut it all up and I served it. I don't lick my fingers. In fact, I can't really wait to get it off my hands because I don't like the smell of it. Mm. Um, but... It, you know, it took a while to get there. And so I know that if I do this process with flour that I will get there. Yeah. And then, but the, my, my issue right now is, is doing it in tandem with the only eating when I'm hungry. Yeah. And that's my really, that's my biggest frontier. That is my final one is to get rid of the flour and then to, you know, to withdraw to, uh, because it's feelings. It's the feelings that I'm afraid of. You know, I'm there at night, I'm home alone, and I'm like, what if I don't do this? What's going to happen? And it feels really scary to me. Mm. Much like Mm. probably what your friend Mm. was talking about, the grief, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, for me, I know that, uh, you know, like the thoughts that I had last night and today at work were um, dark. And I haven't had dark thoughts like that about like, you know, my reason to be on the planet and, you know, and I finally said, sweetie, you cannot be thinking these thoughts, number one. You know, I talked to myself and it's like, you know, why are you thinking these thoughts? And it's like, you're not feeling well. So, you know, I only work half a day. Uh, so I left at 1230 and then I usually come home and I continue to work for another job, but I didn't. I like, I went and got me a big salad from Nico Nico's, you know, a nice, you know, grilled chicken feta salad with olives. It's a perfect keto salad. And uh, so, you know, I came home and I had that salad and I just rested all this afternoon. And I mean, I'm feeling so much better this afternoon than I, than I did this morning. And so I know that it's just going to be about... It's cycling. It's cycling and it's going to be out. But, you know, it's like, I feel like I owe it to my recovery. I owe it to my friends, my family that, you know, that... And, and to those of you out there that can, you know, glean any kind of help from this at all is that... You know, having double-digit sobriety doesn't mean that, you know, the work doesn't continue. And, you know, having recovery in Sex and Love Addicts uh, Anonymous doesn't mean that the work continues. And it's just shifted and it's changed, you know. And I'm so grateful now for my sobriety and I'm so grateful now for my recovery and sex and love addiction because I know how to do it. It doesn't change that it's, you know, a challenge for me. But I know that if I just stick with it and I'd plot, you know, there's this phrase in the AA big book, trudging the road to happy destiny. You know, it's not about skipping down the road to happy destiny. Sometimes it's about the trudging. So I'm trudging a little bit today and it's okay. I know I'm going to be better, but I know that I want to move past that. And then I just need to create some strategies around, you know, what's going to happen next time. So here's the benefit. Because I've got book club coming up on Sunday and they always have delicious desserts. And you need to, but here's so, you know, you've, you can call that your bottom at any time. You know, you can reach a bottom, your, your elevator, you can get off at any time. It can keep going down and you can get off. And, you know, it's like I've decided, you know, I'm giving up flour. You know, I'm doing that. I'm going to work really, really hard to address my feelings at night and not eat after after I've had dinner. You know, Mm -hmm. stop. Mm -hmm. And um, here's the thing is, is this is the benefit about having multiple programs, working multiple programs and having so many years behind you is that it's that awareness. And you, you and I both have tools. And to go, okay, this is not working. I can continue or I can stop. And it's up to you. And you don't have to go into deprivation mode. Mm-hmm. You can provide substitutes. There's plenty of things for on your menu plan that will work. And, you know, you when you need to go out to dinner with your friends, I, I can go here, here, and here. Which one of those will work for you, you know? You can right because you're vegan, and so that's a challenge too. Oh yeah, when you were talking before, one of my favorite things when people do this one, um, oh well, let's go to Saltgrass, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'm gonna pass this time. Oh yeah, well they have salads there. I don't want to eat a salad. <laughs> don't do that to me. Does it bug you to smell all that meat when you no, go? No, I just uh, there yeah. is nothing at Saltgrass Steakhouse that I can eat. 
And I do not want green lettuce salad. You know, mm. that's not a salad to me. Mm. If I'm going to make a salad, you've had my salads. It has bell pepper, cucumbers, avocados, tomatoes, green onions, lettuce, rice. I mean, there's olives and capers. It has all of those things in there. Fruit, you know, nuts, garbanzo beans, everything. That's a salad to me. Right, right, right. Not right. a handful of lettuce with two cucumbers on top. Right. And a cherry tomato to boot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. that no, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, I'm a hearty person. <laughs> yes. I want a hearty meal. <laughs> right. Right. Well, but yeah, yes, I right. do know. Like you know, and I just pass sometimes, and I I I get myself prepared for that. You know, you know, we fellowship on Friday nights, and I'm like, okay, you know, well, if they're gonna go there, I'll just go home. You know, if they don't, and sometimes I do that. Sometimes it's better for me to do that anyway. And if they're going somewhere where I can eat, I go, okay, I'll go, and mm-hmm. I can do that. Mm-hmm. But. I'm at this, I'm just at this point, like, I, where I think you are as well, and I don't want to keep doing this. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I want, I want my body to be optimal. Yeah. And I don't want to have this, like, monkey on my back, Mm-mm. where I'm like, you know, and I know I need to do this work, and I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready, and I'm committed to it. Good. Well, so I'm let's talk it. about suge- solutions. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're listening, you're part of our audience, and, um... You know, neither one of us have gone through this yet, but we're going to tell you what to do anyway. <laughs> because we're good little al- alcoholics and we know how to do this. <laughs> and I'm very good at solving other people's problems. I not am. Okay, so self-awareness first. What is it that's driving it? Mm-hmm. What's that, what is behind it? Right. What are the feelings underneath whatever Mm. it is that you're doing and And this is true with any activity and i also like to tie that to like inner child work like you know i often ask my sponsees if they're going through a a situation i'm like you know if you believe it how old do you feel right and so you know i'm a young girl you know i'm like 10 years old wanting to like you know put food in my mouth so go ahead continue yeah so awareness that makes me want to hug you so um yes but then also there's um the feeling what was oh I've got I had a solution I had another part of that I'm sorry oh yeah 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 I remember knowing what you want to look like on the other side uh, yes like I remember re- in recovery from SLAA when I was in my tr- withdrawing from my qualifier that I had I was really clear I wanted that feeling like when I wake up in the morning and go like oh, I didn't think about him last night or I haven't thought about him for a couple of days I wanted that mm. And so when I heard Brooke um, describe that feeling like, I really just don't care anymore. I want to have that. I have that about meat, cheese, anything dairy, you know, ice cream. Have it about sugar. I don't care about that. So I know that I can have this with flour and then the only eating when I'm hungry. Right, right. And so it's to have that clear vision of what that looks like. I love that too. I love that too. And then also, you know, for me, it's about um, preparing that, you know, um, you know, if if there's a, you know, upcoming obstacle, like, you know, book club where these women like try to, every time someone hosts, they try to outdo each other in terms of their most delectable and delicious dessert. So they've put time, they've put love in it. And I think to myself, I don't want to leave this planet without having her apple strudel. I need to do this. She worked so hard on it. (laughs) 
I'm a codependent. I right. need to eat the apple strudel. I need to make her feel good that she's, you know. No, you don't. Right. No, I don't. But and give so, me permission to not do that. Right. And so my preparation for, you know, going forward with that is, you know, setting my intention that, you know, I'm going to go there and I'm going to eat before I go so I know that I'm not hungry because I know that that's an excellent strategy that works for me and that I'm going to go there and that I'm going to, you know, enjoy the camaraderie and me with you just now realizing that the piece of it for me is about avoidance. That, you know, allowing myself just to be present while everybody is you know, having fellowship after we so talk about So could I the give book. you a little exercise today? Absolutely. So in LOA, we call it pre-paving. So you write down before you go, I am in book club and I am listening and engaged. I am paying attention to the conversation and the book that we are talking about and the study and I feel totally at ease and I, whatever, you know, let your, let your vibration rise while you're writing it. Seeing yourself very calm and engaged and laughing and having fun and connected in it, right? Right, in it. And right. even if you do have, you know, if your eye goes over to the pie to check out, go like, No, I'm reminding myself that I want to stay present, right? And stay here and right. listen and be engaged, right? So, that's another great strategy is to prepave it before you go. And, uh, and then, you know, for me, I always talk about reward, like what am I going to do to like celebrate that? So, you know, I'm going to prepare something for me when I get back. Like it could be like a keto dessert would be to have sugar-free jello with like whipped cream and a sprinkling of almonds, you know, that's like a, a fun keto Your dessert. Your treat all by yourself with whatever thing right, you got right, on because Netflix. Because I'm, not, I'm or, not avoiding anybody. I can sit. Right. Can you're all alone it. and yeah. Right. And you can have that. Yeah. So. And you don't have to take it with you and explain. Oh, well, you know, which is for me a huge trigger. I do not want to have my own dessert and go like, oh, you guys go ahead and eat cake. I'm going to eat my... What is, what is that? Why are you doing Pitiful. that? And then I got to tell everybody and I, I don't want to do that. No. That's just me, but I don't like doing that. Well, I would love to be like, there's a was a beautiful woman named Anna who was in our book club and she was always so beautiful and very trim and fit. She walked all the time. She was like really fit. And I would notice at book club that she would take a piece of pie and she would have one bite and then she would set it down. And I noticed she did this for years. Nobody ever noticed it, I don't think. Maybe You're the only did. one watching what everybody's eating. Because it's like, why isn't she Why is she rest? doing that? Yeah. Oh, How can she do that? I'll eat the rest of that. Yeah, you going to finish that, Anna? <laughs> that was delicious. And, you know, for me, being an addict, that's not an option. No, one bite isn't, no. What's that saying? I love it's that like, one. It's like one, uh, a million one, is, one is too many and, and a, million a million is not enough. enough. That's right. That's right. So there's a little bit of grief in there around that. But, you know, this is something that I really want to move past. And I love your idea of visualization as well. So let's repeat again. So it was... The self-awareness. Self-awareness. Feeling the feelings. Drilling down. Making sure that you're not like going... Oh, and you know, one more thing I wanted to share was like feeling fat is not a feeling. I feel (laughs) fat. That's not a feeling. Drill down. Mm -hmm. What is that? Mm -hmm. I feel sad. I feel sad because I let myself get to this point and I don't have control and I feel powerless and out of control, blah, blah, whatever it is. But don't, 
feeling fat is not a feeling. Right. And for me, I usually can distinguish it between like, you know, four emotions. It's really for me, it's like, you know, anger, sadness, and uh, grief. Happiness. Happiness and love. love, Right. So, and grief is more into the sadness range. So, you know, um, and there are other, other, you know, different types of feelings, you know, like, you know, blissful and joyful, which are variations of happiness. When you eat the pie. (laughs) When you eat the pie. You know, but it's here, bliss. But, but here's the thing that my it tastes my, so good. my reflux is so bad these days that even while I'm eating it, it's it's painful. coming up. Yeah, you know, it's painful going down my esophagus, and I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. And I know that if I'm strict keto, that I don't have to, you know, take that medication. So, you know, this has been so helpful, Elizabeth. And you know, I, I know that we were gonna redo part two of our, um, you know, previous podcast where it was uh we drew those cards it was amazing but but this is what is going on with us and you and it's real and this is where we are and the other thing that i did want to add on here is that um i would like to offer you support and i would like to invite you to uh, to be support for me around this Okay. So that if I am struggling at night, I can text you and just say, I really want to eat and I'm not hungry. And what kind of response would help you? Whatever comes to mind. If I reach out like that. Okay. You then know, let except for don't say, go ahead and eat whatever you want, darling. <laughs> don't give you permission. And don't tell me to go to Saltgrass Steakhouse and have a salad. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> No. That's not what I want. No, that's not what you need to do. That's so, yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback. You know, we have a um, a Gmail address, Sober Sisters Talk at Gmail. And if you were listening to this and you related and you have additional um, solution around this, then, then email us, you know. Um, you can go on our website and you can post your comments there underneath this. Um, we'd love to hear from you and what, what it is that you are struggling with today. Thank you so much. This is Ma- uh, MG. I almost did it myself. This is MG. And Elizabeth. And thank you for tuning in to Sober Sisters Talk. Thanks for being there, guys.